From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged for November 19th, 2008. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined this week by my good friends, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Teresa Eccles, Walter Eccles, and Will Perry are back in the peanut gallery this week. In our show this week, we have a very special guest, an animal expert, Corinne Fry, who will give us some advice on what to do with our pets when we go on vacation. And kicking off the holiday season, we're going to tell you about this year's ice exhibit at the Gaylord Palms. All that plus the news and roundtable rapid fire in this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, glad to be here. Glad you could join us this week. Uh, a couple things we have in housekeeping. Uh, first, I want to announce that uh, we are going to be doing our first live show ever this coming Sunday on Diz Radio from the Gaylord Palms. We're going to be uh, uh, doing a two-hour music and information show all about ICE and everything they're doing at the Gaylord Palms for the holidays. The, uh, most of the team was out there yesterday to check it out. It was the uh, uh, special VIP preview uh, to benefit Give Kids the World, and it was uh, it was my first time going. It was my first time at ICE yesterday, and I got to tell you, unbelievable what they what they do. I, I just I can't believe they put it together in six weeks. <laughs> that in six weeks they are able to carve that much ice and create this whole this whole exhibit. I mean, it's not just like one or two pieces. It's like Ridiculous! Incredible! It's like a whole little village made of ice, and it's cold as hell in it there. Is cold. Nine degrees, nine degrees through the whole thing, which wasn't bad until we had to sit and wait for twenty minutes for Walter, Kelvin, and the kids to go down the ice slide. And you know, you're sitting there in this weather. My my camera was freezing up. My camera was like erroring out like crazy. I'm trying to take video. That's why I brought the small one. I'm putting yeah. it under my I'm putting it under my shirt to try and warm it up. Um, but it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. We had a good time. We're going to have a lot uh, on that for you next week. Like I said, it'll be next Sunday from seven to nine p.m. on Diz Radio. There's going to be links all over the site. We're going to be promoting it all over the site. And uh, we're going to be playing, like I said, you know, we'll have Christmas music in there because I can do that on Diz Radio. Diz Radio pays ASCAP and BMI royalties, so I'm allowed to play music on that. I can't do it here. And uh, we'll have uh, some reviews for you, a lot of information on Gaylord Palms. Some special guests will be joining us. So you're going to want to make sure you tune in for that next Sunday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Diz Radio. I just want to clarify, this isn't a live audience show. Don't show up at the Gaylord Palms looking for us. <laughs> well, I mean, if you show up and you're there, oh, and God. it's fine. I mean, it's we can't stop people. It's a public place. Yeah, but like, we're not, Mr. Antisocial. Mike, don't come near me. Don't <laughs> talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't take my picture. Listen, I'm really good. We have a guest in the in the studio today. I think I'm very. <laughs> he's well not there. hiding, <laughs> and he hasn't pulled up the bulletproof glass. Really? Yeah, really, like Obama. Well, I mean, where is, is it going to be in a room where people can? can I have. I, I, I don't know actually. Um, I don't know. I'm assuming it's going to be someplace relatively public. Um, it's not going to be like in the exhibit. Like we won't be there like in nine degree weather. But, oh, thank God. <laughs> you know. So, uh, but it should be. Uh, it should be an awful lot of fun. It should be an awful lot of fun. So be sure to check in with us next Sunday. Our first live show ever 
And that means everybody's going to have to watch that language because I have no delay button. Oh, crap. <laughs> uh, I never curse on the show. No, you don't. Yeah. I don't think. I, do, do any of us? No, no. Oh, yeah, come on. Like a truck driver. Uh, like that truck I can only think of one. <laughs> I don't know who you would be talking about, Mrs. Martin. I don't know who you would be talking about. I, all I say is thank God for editing. Um, and also, uh, while we're on the subject of doing things live, I am going to announce that beginning Friday, January 9th, 2009. I am going to start doing a weekly live show on Diz Radio every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of uh, a lot of different things. We'll be counting down what the top 10 songs on Diz Radio are for that week. We're going to have special segments that you're not going to hear uh, here on our uh, podcast. We'll have special guests. We'll be giving away prizes, doing all sorts of fun stuff. And I will be uh, releasing details of that uh, as we get closer. But that's going to start Friday, January 9th. So... I'm in. Uh, I'm I in, could I'm be in, in live labor mode. by that time. Well, we'll do we'll do a live show from the hospital, <laughs> a live remote with video, <laughs> yeah, from the parking lot. <laughs> we'll do a live streaming video of Julian Julian labor. Breathe, um, breathe. Yeah, you, 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 I have learned how to breathe. I could teach. See, it. we'll have to tape that because that would have to be edited <laughs> for language. Um, all right. Uh, the other, the other, only other thing we have is we have a prize to give away, don't we? Yes. And who do we have? His name is David Bowden, or Bodden. Forgive me if I'm saying that incorrectly. And he's actually our October monthly prize winner. He chose number three. Okay. And for those who don't know what that means, uh, from all the voicemails and emails that we receive on the show, uh, we pick one name at random every month, and that person gets a shot at the prize matron. And David has picked number three, so let's see what he won. have won a Segway tour for two. You and a guest will take a tour around Epcot's World Showcase on your very own Segways. All participants must be 16 years of age or older, and anyone under 18 does need the permission of a parent or guardian. The approximate value of this prize is $200. Courtesy of Dreams Unlimited Travel, thanks for listening, and congratulations. Not bad. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, you know, if the economy continues to go down, all prizes are going to start coming from Will's trunk. <laughs> <laughs> You've won these rusty jumper cables. <laughs> Will takes pride in his vehicles. I seriously doubt yes. his jumper cables are rusty. He does. He takes very good care of his cars, I've except that. Except that. What what is that 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 hateful noise thing that you drive around in the Mustang? <laughs> His Mustang. His Mustang that is like driving in a vibrator, <laughs> in an uneven washing and machine, in, and not in a good way. <laughs> you know, not in a pleasant way. Easy, easy. Listen to him. Easy. Leave my car alone. He says. I mean, it looks very nice. It's a beautiful looking car, but you get into it. Well, that means he has a serious engine in there. That's oh, yeah, but you know, how much do you need? <laughs> Really, <laughs> to get from point A to point B, exactly how much is required. I want to say a quick thank you. Corey and I received two gifts this week from two of our listeners. And uh, the first one was from Deb S., Deb Silhan. And she sent quite a few items. I was overwhelmed. She sent a book and a bear and thank you, Deb. outfits and all kinds of stuff. It was so really thank nice. Thank you very much. It was very nice. Wow. And then we received um, The Sneetches. Which is the Dr. Seuss book that none of us had heard of, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> From Kathleen Clausen. And she also sent another book called uh, Tango Makes Three. Thank you, I've, Kathleen. I've never heard of a 50-inch Samsung LCD TV. 
<laughs> but Walter has one in his living room now. Sa- save your hands for when we adopt our Himalayan whistle kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to send those gifts. <laughs> Himalayan whistle. That will look like neither one of us. Really. <laughs> So thank you, ladies. Poor Corinne is nice. sitting here going, who are these people and why are they talking about this stuff? <laughs> Vibrators and Himalayan whistle kids. Pachinko has two daddies. He's <laughs> 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 like Pachinko. Her name is Pachinko. Oh, man, you're killing me. You can't steal our name. Was it Pachinko? Pachinko. <laughs> Pachinko, Pachinko Martin. Is that the one that you've been hanging on to for so long? <laughs> oh, Lord. Pachinko has two daddies. Oh, you just made five people drive off the road. Oh, okay, anything else in housekeeping? Anybody have anything? Okay. Well, congratulations for that prize, David. Enjoy it. I'm not responsible if you fall off the segue. So, with that, we are going to start <laughs> with our first news story. But have fun. But enjoy yourself. Our first news story, the Indy Racing Experience has opened at Walt Disney World as of November 17th. Guests are now able to drive a custom two-seat IndyCar or ride in the back seat around the one-mile paved Walt Disney World Speedway oval track. The Indy Racing Experience started in 2001 at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and has drawn fans from around the world who wanted a chance to drive the legendary track. Disney's track hosted the Indy Racing League's Indy 200 from 1996 to 2000. Davey Hamilton, who was part of the opening ceremonies for the Disney Racing Series, will also be a driver for this new experience. I don't know who the hell Davey <laughs> Hamilton is. I'm assuming that Will does. Yeah, I've heard of him, but he's probably an old IRL driver or F1 driver. Retired oh. Or oh. Oh, that explains it. That's why I haven't heard of him. <laughs> These are open-wheel cars that are coming. Um, you know, I did the stock car, which is... It's like a stock car. The cars aren't hanging Thanks out. Thanks for clearing that up. Now, so you just explain to me, though, what's the difference between the Cindy Racing Experience and the Richard Petty Driving Experience that they're already doing? Is there a, a, a difference? or The cars. and the, um, You only get three laps on the Indy for about $400. The price isn't that really that different. So the idea is, the, the big draw is that you're driving an actual indie race car right as opposed and what, what are you in in the richard petty driving experience they're stock cars now the the difference between okay. those is a stock car is real heavy with a lot less power and an indie car is going to be real light with it's basically the um really high technology really one's a convertible cars. it's tiny it looks like a go-kart almost so right. are you, so are you going to go are you going to go do the uh, you want to go do the indie racing I experience absolutely go do that. <laughs> all right all right go ahead and do it and Report yeah, back. Yeah, it looks, uh, looks cool. Because a lot of people really enjoyed your uh, your Richard Petty driving experience piece, so uh, might as well follow up on it with that. So go ahead. Go ahead. Spend another spend $400 more of my money to go drive on a track. <laughs> Who gets um, to do all the fun stuff? He does. You get to go eat everywhere you want. I was kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's you, bring, first of all, his involves a jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I want you to do the IndyCar. You should do the ride-along. Yeah, yeah. No. Right. Is that the you know way you have to climb? You know what? The we'll window? get them. We'll get them to put a big, a big trailer on the back for the three of us. <laughs> there you go. Hang on. <laughs> and drive us around the track in the in the big trailer. Slow down, slow down, slow down. My side. <laughs> <laughs> and it does say that uh, both the Richard Petty driving experience and the Indy racing experience will be sharing the track on a first come, first served basis. So I guess just depending on. I think they're going to split up the day between. You know, like half the day will be the stock cars and half the... That's just my guess when I read that. So. 
just interesting to see how well it's going to do given the uh, given the economy and uh, the lack of disposable income right now. What we're seeing in terms of what people are willing to spend on vacation uh, these days is a little bit less than what they were willing to spend even a few months ago. So, uh, but I wish it well, and uh, I'm sure Will will have a full report for us in the not too distant future. So. All right, our next news story, the Walt Disney Company and Verizon Wireless have formed a partnership which will give Verizon cell phone users the ability to access information while visiting Disney theme parks. Starting in 2009, Verizon users will be able to find Disney characters, restaurants, and available attractions while, either, while at either Disneyland or the Disney World resorts via their cell phones. The features will include text messages from Disney characters and mobile games as well as special park information and activities. Initially, the services will be available only through specific cell phones, but will expand to all existing Verizon customers throughout the year. Uh, both Disney and Verizon are planning to make basic park information, such as the times of uh, various shows, uh, accessible to all mobile phone users, whether they use Verizon or not. According to Jeffrey Nelson, Verizon Wireless spokesman, plans are in the works to give the phones the ability to look up attraction wait times as well, which would be actually very, very That's handy. That's cool. Uh, while the theme parks experience is the focus of the partnership, it is hoped that Verizon will get additional exclusive Disney content. And neither Disney nor Verizon disclosed the financial terms of the agreement. I'm sure it was not cheap. Um, but uh, I think this is uh, could be interesting. Could be interesting to see what they do with it. I mean, Disney does a lot of this stuff, though, where they come up with these cool partnerships to do cool stuff and then just ends up being crampy. So, yeah, how many people are actually going to switch their providers for this? You know, I uh, well, you know. I mean, so I'm saying, like, what, if they switch and then say this goes down the tubes or something, yeah, and they're not, they don't look where they're going now. Yeah, that's what we yeah, need really more people, more looking. people not paying attention. Ask Nintendo how this worked out. Yeah, yeah, really. Or really. Pal Mickey, or we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of it had to do with a. a Probably a co-sponsorship type of thing. I'm sure they arranged but for... And I, what person who can afford a cell phone cares that they get a text message from Mickey? Well, yeah, that's true. Some people. But, you know, I, I just... I give Disney credit in that they keep going, you know, trying to go into these different different ideas and, and different... Using technology in, in different ways. I give them credit there. But uh should be interesting to see what they do with it. So if you're on Verizon... If you have a Verizon uh, wireless account, uh, you'll be able to get some some special content on your phone. I wonder if this is going to bleed off property. <laughs> yeah, really. People will be driving around Kissimmee and getting text messages <laughs> from, from Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody out there gets one, let us know what it says. Yeah, I'd be very interested yeah. to see what your what your thoughts on it are if you uh, you know when somebody gets a chance to use it. But all right, on a more serious note, uh, Los Angeles firefighters are battling blazes. Um, being spread by the Santa Ana winds throughout Southern California. The fires have now destroyed hundreds of homes, thousands of acres, and continue to rage, forcing res- residents to flee to shelters. Among those ordered to evacuate were nearly 13,000 people living in the Anaheim area and 10,000 Silmar residents as well. Due to the fires in Anaheim, it is being reported that the air quality in Disneyland has been very poor. In southeast Los Angeles, 2,000 acres have burned in Orange and Riverside counties, leaving more than 100 homes and apartments either damaged or consumed by flames. California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger has declared a state of emergency, and firefighters from several states are helping to try and get the fires under control. We will have regular updates on this in our news area on www.info.com, and we are definitely keeping everyone in the path of the fires in our thoughts and our prayers. Uh, 
I know we got a report this morning from Mary Jo, uh, one of our dreams agents, uh, saying that she was in Disneyland yesterday, and because the uh, the wind, the way the winds were blowing, the smoke wasn't too bad in the parks yesterday. But a change in wind direction could make a big difference in that. But she also went out of her way to reiterate that the Disneyland Resort is not in any danger. It's not going to catch fire. Um, there are no big, you know, forests or anything backing up to the resort. So the, the, right now, the Disneyland is not in any danger of of um, of catching fire. But uh, we do like to mention this stuff for anyone who is planning a trip out there in the event you have any respiratory issues or any health issues that might be exacerbated by the smoke, to be aware of it. And uh, I, I don't know, we haven't heard if Disney is making any uh, special arrangements for last-minute cancellations because of this, but I imagine, especially if there's a health issue, uh, they'll work with you. They're usually pretty good about that stuff. So um, we're going to keep everybody in our thoughts and prayers and really hope those firefighters stay safe. Um, those I, I don't know how those guys do that. Uh, that's just amazing work to me. It's scary. You know, my brother's a firefighter in Mississippi, and think about him every day. He's at work. I'm like, gosh, I hope this isn't the day. You, you know, know how much how much braver <laughs> how much braver does it get? You're willing to run into a burning building to save somebody. Yeah. And he I don't loves know. his job. I mean, he. Well, that's it. There's it, such a passion. He for wouldn't it. do anything else. You I know? think police officers and firefighters. I don't think we can pay them enough. I don't think we can do enough for them. Uh, these are people that just put themselves in harm's way. For our benefit, it's not for any glory because most sure. of these guys are never, you know, never get any glory. And I don't think we can pay them enough. I don't think we can do enough for them. And uh, so, our our best thoughts to everybody out there, including the firefighters. So, all right, that is going to do it for the news this week. We're going to move on to our rapid fire segment, and I'm going to start because I want to get this out of the way because I'm pissed off that I'm this is going on right after I get sober. Um, Holiday Harbor Nights at the Portofino Bay Hotel will be going on Friday, November 28th, 2008, from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Now, if you don't know what Harbor Nights are at the Portofino, it is quite an experience. This is kind of like a mini food and wine festival that goes on around the piazza. They have these great wine pairings and lots of hors d'oeuvres and great jazz music. It is just an incredible Experience Portofino does everything well. They do this particularly well. Of course, I will not be attending this year, so if one of you guys out there goes to this, by all means, give us a call and rub it in. Um, it's going to be featuring uh, gourmet food samples, more than a dozen wines, and the grand illumination of Portofino's majestic Christmas tree, plus live music by Bobby Mercer and O-Town Jazz, and a special holiday musical tribute to Andrea Bocelli. I don't know what... Holiday music they're going to sing to Andrea Bocelli. Just that one song from The Sopranos. That's Blind Drummer Boy. Oh, oh. oh. oh wait. <laughs> Pachinko has two daddies. <laughs> and, you're giving, and you're giving me the moralistic ooh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, admission is $35 per person. And that includes everything. They don't charge extra for the wine and the hors d'oeuvres. It's not like Food and Wine Festival. That $35 covers everything. And uh, there is some limited reserve seating, which includes a private wine station and hors d'oeuvres. That's $60 a person. And we'll have a link to to that on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. They give you a private wine station and a private hors d'oeuvre station? Uh, Apparently, for $60, yeah. That sounds fabulous. It does. You don't even have to go get them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, really. 
I would just sit in my private wine station. My life was a private wine station for a while, so. And it cost me a lot more than 60 bucks a person, but hey, what are you going to do? So, yeah, Holiday Harbor Nights at Portofino, Friday, November 28th, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Go check it out. John, what do you have? I have uh, Disney Cruise Line has announced their 2008 holiday activities uh, beginning November 22nd on the Disney Magic and November 26th on the Wonder. Um, you can enjoy King Triton's tree lighting nightly in the atrium uh, where a child will assist the Disney characters as the three-deck tall tree is lit. Don't you know nothing? I don't. The tropical... <laughs> Corinne is looking around like, who said that? <laughs> there are voices in my head. There's a tropical... That's our dead friend. <laughs> That's Bob. It's Bob, our dead friend. <laughs> There's going to be a tropical... If Bob were here, he would laugh very he hard laugh at, that. at that. Okay. Is it too soon? No. There's going to be a tropical pool party every afternoon with Mr. and Mrs. Claus. Uh, special holiday crafts. I don't want to see either one of them in a swimsuit. You don't? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think Mrs. Claus would be hot. Yeah, 80-year-old woman in a bikini. <laughs> special holiday crafts, which include making holiday cards, decorating stockings, and creating holiday animation cells. A traditional holiday dinner. And a holiday edition of Till We Meet Again, which I don't know what that is. On Castaway Key, there's going to be carolers, uh, a Christmas tree, character meet and greets, snow flurries, and kids' crafts. On Thanksgiving Day, there's going to be a special feast. Uh, Mickey and Minnie will meet and greet guests dressed in traditional Thanksgiving garb. Christmas, there's going to be a sunset Hanukkah service, Christmas service, including midnight mass on Christmas Eve. And on Christmas morning, Santa Claus and his elves will be at the Christmas tree in the atrium with surprises for the kids. I'm sorry. I think being on the ship for Christmas would be awesome. We were on, yeah. the, we were on for a Thanksgiving cruise, and it is incredible. It I really think that would is. be a really unique way to celebrate Christmas. Baby's uh, first Christmas. Christmas. Well, and there's, there, 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 there are staterooms available, aren't there, on the Christmas? I thought, thought I saw something last week come through that there's still, I mean, you could still get staterooms for the Christmas sailings. I believe there's staterooms available, yeah. That's unbelievable. Go swimming with the clauses. <laughs> Really? In 2010, there's actually going to be two special cruises, which are going to be timed perfectly for the Christmas season. So that'll be even better if you want to make sure you get on a special cruise. And then just one more thing. New Year's Eve, there's going to be a New Year's Eve party with a DJ, sparkling wine, confetti, and a ball drop at midnight. So Disney Cruise Line does not leave out the festivities for Christmas. So if you're going to be on the cruise... Go and enjoy. It's lots of fun. And if you actually are on the cruise for Christmas when you get back, give us a call. Let us know what it was like, what the experience was like. We'd like to hear what uh, what they did and what you thought of it, especially if you went with kids. I think that would be really cool to hear about. Absolutely. So thank you, John. You're Kevin. Welcome. The Contemporary Resort has a new place called the Contempo Cafe. It's going to be serving breakfast, lunch, dinner, and late-night dining. Breakfast will include waffles, grits, French toast, breakfast paste platters, bagels, and pastries. Uh, lunch will, selections will include the steakhouse chicken chop. I don't know what that mean, What that even is. Uh, Caesar salad, roasted vegetables, cheese, pepperoni, or marinated beef flatbread pizzas. Sandwiches including a spice-crusted mahi, turkey BLT, chicken, hot turkey, or um, stacked smoked hamburgers. Dinner uh, selections will include pasta marinara, pasta with chicken, and basil cream sauce, vegetable uh, feta bake. Ooh. 
<laughs> Some of these things sound weird. They yeah. do sound weird. I have to say something. Apparently, Kevin's eye operation, he's missing commas. Well, like, there are commas where there aren't supposed to be commas. Well, There's a comma in hamburger. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> no, it's hot turkey or ham stacked burger. smoked ham, comma, burgers. Because I was wondering what a stacked smoked hamburger was. <laughs> <laughs> Does that not look like there's a comma in hamburgers? Oh, man. You're supposed to read the whole first part together and then pause. Yes, it does. <laughs> he has to relearn his grammar. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> That's, there's that absolutely comma looks in like there's hamburgers. a comma in the middle of hamburgers. <laughs> I couldn't... <laughs> Ham. Burgers. <laughs> Dinner's going to have other stuff, too. Go to check it out. We'll do a review on it soon. Yeah, we'll where, it where, are they, where are they putting it? On the fourth floor somewhere. Is it replacing the outer rim? I know that they were talking about... No, the outer rim is where they had that, the temporary station. So I don't know where the new one is just... Because they needed, they needed something in between Chef Mickey's and, and the Wave. Well, within, um, yeah, this is replacing the, the... Remember the place that was downstairs? The Concourse Steakhouse. Right. No, no, no. This well, the, oh, you're well, the, 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 the food fun place. The food fun, the food and fun fiesta. <laughs> right. Fiasco. Sort of a, well, a, a actually, you know, um, I, I've been thinking that uh, for my birthday weekend, I'm, I may get a, uh, a room or two. Over at uh, the Contemporary, I I really enjoyed that stay there back in March. I got to be honest. For as much as I hated the Contemporary at one point, um, uh, I'm kind of anxious to go back. So maybe I'll just go. You want a ham, ham burger? burger. <laughs> well, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Miss Teresa Eccles back in the Peanut Gallery. Yes, she has I'm something here. for us. Teresa with a great voice. We love Teresa's oh, voice. Please we stop. love Teresa. John you sucks, so but Teresa Let me tell great. you a bedtime story, John. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, my rapid fire. Run through the ice in your bathing suit. On Friday, October 28th, ice at Gaylord Palms. October 28th? Excuse me, November 28th. Okay. I'm going back in time. We'll, at Ice at Gaylord Palms will open an hour early to welcome guests as they become official members of the Orlando Polar Bear Club. Afterwards, participants will be recognized at a warm-up coffee and cocoa reception during an official induction into the club. The special Orlando Polar Bear Club ticket is $19.99 plus tax and includes the warm-up coffee and cocoa reception and a commemorative certificate plus a chance to go through ice again later that, later that morning Fully clothed to better enjoy the artistry at a slower and warmer pace. All right. $100 to any member of my staff that does it. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> of course, do of course, my husband's got his hands up. <laughs> you do have to wear a swimsuit, Walter. And you have to wear shoes. Um, let's see. Doors open at 830. Please arrive 745 to 820. Wear your swimsuit underneath your clothing. And there will be... They will be cameras inside ice to videotape it so there'll be a webcam you can wave to your family and friends there is nothing i like better than cameras in my bathing suit <laughs> <laughs> and waking up at seven o'clock in the morning to go and run to through run nine around degree the weather <laughs> tell, certificate Teresa, tell, tell your son he's got to do it okay tell your son he's got to do it Great. seriously tell okay i'll tell him he'll love you with his uh, with his dyed flaming red hair flaming it red looks hair like cherries looks like lucy <laughs> So I call him that's his name. It's like a disaster. It's Lucy. <laughs> is that his skirt name? Yeah, his skirt name has absolutely become Lucy after with the with the hair with the hair color. Have you seen him with the hair? I saw a picture of him. Yeah. Oh, no, it's God. worse it's now. He's redyed it. He can be seen from space. <laughs> okay, he can be people on the space shuttle going. What the hell is that down there? It's like Bozo the Clown's hair. <laughs> oh, poor man. With pink highlights. <laughs> with pink highlights. Yeah. 
Man. Although, you know, every time we go out, somebody compliments him on it. I really like that hair color. I think he's paying those people. <laughs> he must be. He must be. He's such a good-looking boy. Why he wants to do that to his head, he I don't know. wants to look like a rock star. Although, it really yep. does make me sound like get off my lawn old, you know? I was just going to say, now you sound like everybody's mother. Yeah. You're such a good-looking boy. Why do you want to do that? Go run through the ice. (laughs) (laughs) Take your clothes off and go run through nine-degree weather now. So that's uh, that's uh, Friday, November twenty eighth. Yes. So you can go do that and then go over to Harbor. Twenty eighth is Thursday. Harbor nights. No, that's uh, Black Friday. Yeah, it's Black Friday. It's day after Thanksgiving. So before you go shopping, get your swimsuit on, head over to Gaylord Palms, and take the plunge. Cool. Well, thank you, Teresa. Mrs. Martin. I have something to add uh, to Santa Claus being at Downtown Disney. I told you guys a couple weeks ago he'll be there November 15th to the 27th from 5 to 10 p.m. And then the 28th through December 24th from 12 to 10 p.m. You can bring your leashed dog for a photo with Santa. There's going to be a grassy area behind Once Upon a Toy where the dogs can be walked. Grassy knoll. Or, in other words, use the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) But I would suggest bringing... Ziploc bag or something to clean up after your dog to be nice. And then also at Downtown Disney, don't forget about the West Side. They'll have strolling musicians and ten soldier stilt walkers to add to the holiday festivities. Are you bring Max dogs? We really want to. I, I want to do it on Saturday. Max must have known you were talking about uh, dogs because he <laughs> just jumped up on my lap. But we ended up doing baby stuff on Saturday. So, I mean, this will be like their last holiday as our only children. <laughs> Yeah, they're, so, they're going to have a brother. They're going to become dogs. They're going to be demoted to dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be demoted to dogs. We bring our dogs. Their jobs do. as placeholders are done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll still be our furry babies. Yeah, they'll be your firstborns. Yeah. Well, you know, we have an expert here that can tell you what some of the things to expect when, you know, because uh, I, I, I mean, it does happen, doesn't it, where when, you know, dogs become the, you know, when, when dogs are the only ones in the house and then they have a baby. Don't the dogs get jealous sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. They um, there's nothing nothing worse than a, than a than a dog feeling like it's being pushed out for a, yeah. for anyone. And also, when you introduce other animals to to your household, you've got to be very careful with that. So, yeah, good introduction. Yeah. <laughs> Julie's been wearing some of the baby lotion just to kind of get them used I've to the smell. I've been reading online about different things to do. Um, sure. Some certain website I got from my vet. And um, they'd suggest a few different things, like bringing things home from the hospital before the baby comes home right, with his scent right. on it. Um, practicing bringing something wrapped up in a blanket into the house, pretending that it is the baby. Don't rub the baby in spam. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a plus. <laughs> that one. Um, What's wrong with you? <laughs> and actually, you know, allowing them to be part of it. Don't say no. You can't get near him, or because you know, that makes them jealous or whatever. And allowing them to be in his space when we want them to mm-hmm. be, and then not you know, at the same time. So. Hopefully it'll be okay. Don't put the baby in the crate. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Don't get it mixed up. So, okay. We'll see what happens. Great. Well, thank you, Mrs. Martin. Mr. Martin. I have a New Year's Eve at Universal City Walk. It's December thirty first from eight p.m. to two a.m. There's going to be a live performance by the Doobie Brothers. There's going to be all you can eat gourmet buffet and more live entertainment at Margaritaville, Bob Marley's, The Groove, Latin Quarter, the Red Coconut Club, Pat O'Brien's. City Walks Rising Star, which is Red the karaoke, which is the new karaoke place, and um, tickets are not on sale yet, but we're waiting for those to be announced. I really liked uh, the Red Coconut Club. It's nice, especially the, uh, the what was it, Red Coconut Martinis? Cocoa, yeah, the, the Coco Martinis. Coco Martini. Yeah, they have coconut in it and thread. Yeah, yeah. those are really good. 
I'm not urging. <laughs> I'm just mentioning that I enjoyed them. That's all. But uh, Okay, thank you very much for that, Corey. That is going to do it for Rapid Fire. We're going to move on to our first segment. Uh, now, for many of us, preparing to go on vacation requires more than just the usual planning. Often we do need to find something to do with our with our pets while we're gone. I know that's certainly an issue uh, for both John and I. Whenever either one of us goes away, if we have Figaro, or if we're both going away because Figaro in particular, uh, being diabetic, requires medication. There's very few places that we can send him. Not you know, it's not something you can have the neighbor come in and take care of. Um, and uh, this can be very stressful under the best of circumstances. So we thought we would reach out to an expert on the subject who also happens to be a good friend of mine and Walter's, uh, Corinne Fry. Uh, Corinne is an animal behaviorist and trainer who also does extensive work in the field of animal rescue. She is the host and producer of two local television shows here in the Orlando area, Pet Pals and Pick Me, Pick Me for Seminole TV. And she is also the founder of the nonprofit Friends of a Feather Foundation, which works to increase funding opportunities and awareness of bird rescue organizations here in Central Florida. And that's kind of how uh, Walter and I met Corinne. Was, uh, Walter has an umbrella cockatoo named Gracie. You've heard us mention her before. And when Walter and I first moved in together, uh, Gracie, was not, uh, Gracie was not happy having somebody else in the pecking order. So she would do this thing where she would just run up my arm and bite me on the back of the neck. I mean, to the point where she was actually drawing blood. You were supposed to wear baby lotion. Yes, that must have been it. And uh, this was, I mean, this really became like a big issue. And uh, I forgot, Walter, how did you, how did you originally find uh, Corinne? I just went online and put, um, I think, parrot behavior or something like that, parrot something. And then she was the only one who came up as parrot behavioral specialist. So. And so, and for a long time, I just, you know, referred to her as like the bird psychiatrist because she came over and, you know, and I got to be honest, at first I was like, okay. I'll, I'll indulge this, but this pot, no, no way this could work. One visit to the house, she had this fixed. Bird never did it again. She taught me what I needed to know, and I'd never seen Gracie react to somebody the way it was just like it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And uh, so when we go on vacation, um, because again, you know, Gracie's a real specific case, but. Um, you just can't drop her off at anybody's house. It's not like a dog or a cat. And Corinne takes care of uh, Gracie for us. And Gracie doesn't want to come home. It's like bird vacation over at our house. <laughs> well, so you, you've got quite a few. You've got a, quite a few birds. Uh, I've got a flock at home. Yes, I do. So um, they get a chance to to, uh, to interact and be with other birds. And it's, the, it's, it's like their holiday as well. And, yeah. that's, and that's the way I think, you know, when you're looking to board any one of your pets um if you consider that while you're away and having a great time you know consider and try and uh resource and find somewhere where also your pets are having as equally good time it takes a lot off your own mind as well because you know when you're on holiday you just fret you just worry you know are they okay and that can just jab into your own enjoyment of your holiday exactly mm-hmm. it's very true exactly i mean i know that yeah we go through that well, we've all left our pets at places that didn't take as good a care as we thought they would when we got back so exactly you're, you're worried about it mm-hmm. when you leave and you know we've uh, you know I'm, I'm fortunate with max in that uh, you know my mother is you know my mother will will kill me if i leave max with anybody else she mm-hmm. loves having him he loves being over there it's a it's a little doggy vacation for him and uh 
but you know, for a lot of people, they don't necessarily have that option. So, what what do you think, Corinne? Are some of the more common issues people have in terms of uh, looking for a place to care for their pets? You, you talked about finding some place that uh, uh, would be more like a a, a a vacation for them. What kind of places are out there? Uh, well, I think I think there's somewhere to fit every type of pet. And we're talking from fish to exotic birds to reptiles and snakes. Those people have you know, a hard time trying to find someone who, can, who know enough about those particular um, um, animals to, uh, to take good care of them. Um, and obviously you've got your dogs and your cats. But I think really, I think the best advice that I have is to find somewhere that really um, suits and will, will cater to the emotion emotional needs of your pets and each pet really has different requirements we all know that cats are very independent and and when you go on holiday probably your cats are uh, are lapping up and loving the house to themselves because they really don't demand a lot of um attention right and so they are they're fairly easy keepers in that way but the typically emotionally dependent pets i would put dogs in there and i would put the uh, parrots in there as well Um, because I think you find small mammals are pretty much as long as they're getting fresh water and food every day they're happy you know your sort of uh, your guinea pigs and your rabbits Um, and your reptiles you you need a very specialized expertise Um, and a lot of times when you leave your pets it's not just about providing the food and water for them because that's easy yeah because grandma's not going to feed the boa no, really, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's having the expertise to know not just when things are going well while you're away, but to actually identify any any illness, any indications that mm, you know point. that bird is not looking or not acting right, or the boa, you know, or the uh, the sort of the exotic animal just doesn't look very well, um, and to react and and to uh, and to uh, do that and, and to you know. Uh, get them to a vet a lot of people are able to just give fruit and water but it goes much further than that really for some of the you know especially for birds and exotics um but i think um you know with your dogs there are so much choice out there at what you can do and really what my best tip probably would be is to really understand what your requirements of your own dog is. Have you got a shy dog? Does it is it slight, you know has it got any sort of uh, dog aggression? If you wanted to put it into a pet resort or a day, um, you know, can it tolerate long periods of time by itself? Um, to find out what is going to suit your particular pet, and then your options are. Um, you know, boarding or getting somebody in, pet sitting, or taking it to a family member if you can, or do you have a dog that gets on really well with another dog in the dog park? They may be able to to look out. But it's blending something that's going to cater to the emotional need of your dog, especially for, you know, weeks or maybe two weeks at a time, and something that's obviously affordable to you. Right. Now, I, I know that... Um I made this mistake once, and I think there are, there are people out there that do this. I'd like to know what your opinion on it is. Some people will leave their dogs at home when they go on vacation and just ask a neighbor to come in and, you know, walk them, walk the dog once or twice a day and make sure the dog has food. We made the huge mistake, Walter and I, of doing that once with Max. And I came home to an emotional basket case of a dog. It took him a good solid two weeks to really get over that that. that shock of being left alone is that something that you think would be common with dogs or 
do you think there were dog you know there were some dogs out there that you know they'd be okay with that you know we know cats are okay but Exactly. I mean, this is about the emotional needs. And again, I put dogs and birds in that, that they actually depend quite a lot on interaction with people. Um, and yeah, you can undo a lot of things if you, uh, um, you know, you don't make the right choice. And sometimes people may leave dogs just and get somebody just to come in, pop in and water and feed them and just let them out in the garden. Um, but they are left for a long periods of time. Um, and they may do that because they may not be able to afford an alternative, i.e. Do- doggy daycare, you mm-hmm. know, for the whole time. But, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. If you, you know, you want to do it on a budget and you have to, um, you know, have your animal looked after on a budget, you can maybe get somebody to take them to a dog care or a pet resort just for one or two days while you're away. So it's a combination. It's not just that they're... they're Hmm. on their own all the time. Hadn't thought of that. That's a good idea. So it's not an all, all or nothing, you know. And if you have a family member, just get them to pick them up and take them to a pet resort, you know, for a day. So kind of break enjoy. it up a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are there any uh, standards for these places that take care of pets, that board pets? Is there any kind of national society or are people pretty much stuck with uh, recommendations and their Better Business Bureau and that type of thing? Yeah, they have to. Um, they have pretty strict regulations um even accepting animals um into their into their facilities um and they the first thing they're going to require are vaccinations mm-hmm. um they're very strict on that and you've got to make sure you prepare way ahead of time a if you're going to book your animal into a, a boarding facility to uh, if it's in prime time make sure you give enough, yourself enough time to actually book yourself in there and also that you're up to date with the vaccinations because the first thing when you walk through the door they're going to look for proof of vaccinations and sometimes um, there's a couple of uh, vaccines that take at least a couple of weeks and if they don't ask for those i would be beware be wary, yep. well Absolutely, because um, their license is on the line if they if they don't. Um, and so, you know, maybe pet sitting um, would be the other alternative if you're not up to date on your your vaccinations um, with your pets um, or family member. Finding somebody you know, you're com- maybe comfortable with staying in your house, living at your house for the week that you're gone. Absolutely, um, uh, pet sitting. There, are, you know, you can go. You can do some research. Actually, I was mooching around the other day on internet to find out, uh, you know, how does somebody go finding a pet sitter? And uh, I know. Um, can I mention a, a oh, business Please, name? by all means. Uh, I know um, some of the larger retailers like Petco. If you go on to online, there they actually have. Um, they are called um, the pets. Let's have a look here. What they got? They are called um, the Sitter City. And they actually have got this whole thing that they actually um, do uh, research on the, the sitters in that area. They have to be board, cert- they have to be uh, all their certifications. And wow. you, get, you get a background because when you call these people, they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. Um, and so unless you actually get somebody to recommend a good pet sitter, reliable pet sitter, um, it really is, for, especially for your first time, a little bit of a gamble. Um, but I found that quite useful when I looked on there. And it gives them the background. Even a picture of the of your your pet sitter and the age of them, which as strange as that sounds, that sometimes is in, in consideration um, for for a particular pet or you know male female. So you, I got a lot of information from that, not and not directly from the person who's trying to sell the services. So 
Um, That's great. That's a great. Uh, I had no idea mm-hmm. that Petco did that. So right, right on their website, you can get recommendations. Basically, it goes straight to this this um, city, city, which I didn't know even existed until I until I started to look around. And you know, if you know, don't rule out bringing your pet. I mean, if you're coming out of state and you're coming down here, that you may actually be able to bring um, your animal with you. Um, if you're driving or flying, and then you can look at um, places down here that you can put them in daycare. Even Disney do a they do a, have a kennel there, right? Um, but I think they do require you to go and um, take your dog out, walk it for two days, for, for twice a day, right? So that may sort of infringe on enjoying your day. But it's there, it's there. So. We get a lot of questions from people who want to bring their pets. Uh, part of the problem is not every hotel will accept pets, right? So that's a barrier that they have. Mm-hmm. But the other problem, too, is like you said, kennels. The Disney kennel is, first of all, very expensive. Mm-hmm. But also, you have to go and walk the pet right. and provide the food and all that type of stuff. So, Well, aren't they in the process of uh, converting that kennel into more of like a pet hotel? Didn't we hear about that last year? There was a story about that. I don't know how far they've come along with that. They, the, the, the company that was running the kennel, another company took them over. Oh, And there okay. were some changes. One of the changes was the, the price went up dramatically. So that was a problem. But um, with talking about bringing people's pets, um, what, how do people get around the challenges of traveling with a pet that doesn't normally travel? What do you suggest to them about maybe taking a dog that doesn't isn't used to being in the car or being in, on a plane? Well, if you have you if you have a dog that that. that um you're probably going to know that it doesn't travel very well because it obviously have made some sort of vet visits or maybe going to the park and you've noticed that it's just not traveling in the car very well. So you can desensitize an animal and get them used to travel. Um, I don't so much know about you know flying, um, but definitely in the car. Um, and it's about preparation. If you know that you're going to travel you know, down here, then start to take your dog out to sh- into, into small, short trips in the car to give them that and also consult a veterinarian who can give you some sort of medication just to sort of take that edge yeah. off that car sick, um, you know, that motion sickness. When you talk about uh, bringing your pet with you, when I first got dogs here in Florida, I visited, I'm going to guess, 12 different kennels. Um, I wasn't leaving them any place that I couldn't see. And there's a wide variety. So, it's one of those things that I would caution people that don't just accept the first one you see. Um, it took me quite a while, and I'm very happy with the place that we brought our dogs. As a matter of fact, we've convinced Julie and Corey to use this service also. But, I mean, one place I went was considered a well-rated kennel, and it, the lady had cages out in her backyard. So the dogs would have been in cages all day outside. So I just, you know, make sure that before you do this, you know what you're bringing your pet to. And there are some of these places that have webcams in the uh, in the actual units. Yeah. So some if you do really hotels. miss your dog, you know, while you're away, you can log in and, and kind of just watch them. <laughs> yeah, I know that uh, you know, even um, the one time I boarded Figaro at the vet when you were on vacation and I had to go out to a conference out in California, because Figaro needs... His medi- he has certain medication he needs. He's, he's a very unique case in that, A, he's diabetic, and he also is, uh, has hypothyroidism, which is something very rare in cats. And there's a certain way he has to be fed. There's a certain way he's got to get his medications. 
And I figured, okay, the best, safest place for me to leave him was at the vet, his vet. Well, not his vet, but the vet I use for, for Max, which I trusted and I shouldn't have. And I gave them, I wrote down very specific instructions on exactly what had to be done, and they never paid any attention to it. Mm. And when I got Figaro back four days later, I really thought he was going to die. We made the same mistakes. I think the same vet. Same yeah. vet. It was the, the same first vet. and last time. They, yeah, we, we had brought Bailey there and had no issues, but we boarded Zoe, and she came back dehydrated. She had diarrhea. She was vomiting blood. Yeah. Because she had gotten herself so upset being away from us. That, and then we had to take her to the emergency vet. Yeah. And I had to sit in there from 12 to like 2 a.m. I remember that. You know, she had an IV, and I wasn't leaving her. No. <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, this the, uh, Kevin's point about, you know, checking these places out. And like I said, I've been using this vet for Max for years, and the vets themselves are, are outstanding. Yep. They're, I mean, they're incredibly good, but their boarding is garbage. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, something I would suggest is that um, you may not, if you can't persuade a neighbor or a family member or a friend to look after your dog while you're away, you may be able to persuade them to check in on them wherever they are. So if they are at the veterinarians, if they are at a boarding place anywhere, um, you know, finding out that they weren't that happy a week or two weeks later is way past the point, Mm -hmm. you know. So you might be able to persuade somebody just to go in a couple of times a week and just check out. The dog would love to see a familiar face, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and even get, you know, sign a waiver that they, they can take the dog out for a walk away from the facility it just gets that familiarity to the pet um you know to to sort of tide it over till you get back that's That's a great idea my parents live 600 miles away and and there are times where we meet them halfway to just watch our dogs while we while we do go away because we know when they're with the grandparents they don't want to come home and bailey comes home like 10 pounds heavy (laughs) (laughs) they both do and you know, if, if, you know, and 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 you made a good point that um, if one of your considerations, though, maybe leaving your your dog, you know, or a cat at a veterinarian boarding facility may not be, dare I say, the best choice because they really they probably get the most minimal yeah. requirements. I hate to say that, but they literally will just get taken out just to relieve themselves, and then they'll get put back in. Um, but you're there because they are on some sort of medication. That's the best place for them to be because that's the area of expertise they are. But you can get somebody, maybe even to get a dog walker, you know, a, pay a dog walk to go in. Again, you're going to have to sort of get some sort of arrangements with the veterinarian, some sort of release that somebody goes in and takes that dog out and gives them a good, you know, hour walk, you know, yeah. twice or three times um, away from the facility. So, you know, there's many options. It's not just all one or the other. A blend, I think, is good. Now, um, something I definitely uh, I want to I want to talk to you more about, uh, kind of off this particular topic, but definitely within your area of expertise. Something, some work that you've done that I, I have just admired, especially after Katrina, mm-hmm. um, the work you did with Animal Rescue, the work you continue to do with Animal Rescue. I'd like to talk. To, I'd like you to talk some about that, about some of your experiences, and about some of what you're doing right now. Well. Um Primarily, I'm, I'm, I'm known for the work that I do with, with, with birds, um, but I train you know, and do as much uh, with dogs as I do with, with, uh, with the avians. Um, not so much on the rescue side, but the actual behavior modification, um, mm-hmm. you know, correcting problems. You know, if you're going to take in a rescued dog, it's going to come with some sort of baggage, as you would take in a bird. It has some sort of um, probably behavioral issues that 
reason why it lost its home in the first place. So um, that's the sort of rescue work that um, that I'm concentrating on at the moment is uh, all in the mind, and it, sometimes it's in the mind of the animal or <laughs> the minds of the uh, of the owners. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of time it's the education on the owners that's uh, that fixes the problem. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> right, exactly. But, but no, it, it's, true. it's you know what what makes sense well, to me sometimes is you know it's very simple to me, but it's it's not as obvious to a to an animal owner. Right. Well, like the problem I had with Gracie, there right. was there was behavior I had to change mm-hmm. in order to in order to get her to you know start behaving differently. And once you pointed that out to me, ways that I could be different with her, it made just. To this day, to this day, it makes all the difference in the world. It was amazing after one visit. You had that pegged in 15 minutes. It was amazing. Karina, I have a question about what happens when people return from vacation to their pets. We find that, you know, the first half hour the dog is crazy, loves you and wants to be all over you. And then she goes and she goes in her kennel and she sort of snubs us for a little while. Mm -hmm. Is that normal behavior? Is that something that we can correct? Um, I think it's very common. Um, And, um, you know, um, when we come, you know, back from a vacation, the first thing we want to do is make a lot of noise and really rejoice about seeing them, whatever. But basically what we're saying sublinear to the dog is that, you know, it's it's better that we're here. We actually teach the dogs that um, there was something wrong with me, not, you know, when I wasn't here. We need to be very calm when we meet our dogs. Um, Um. for the for the initial first time because that's actually we're creating that you know oh it's so much better for you to be here than to be away and again if you make your right choice your dog should be having or your your any other pet should be having as much fun while you're away as as you know when you're when you're here as we are yeah absolutely because if you look at it like if you're not just having a, your animal harbored and just taken care of while you're away what you're trying to do is you want to put it in the hands of people who are going to distract the dog enough or the animal enough or the bird enough it doesn't even notice that you're away um um and yes if you make that big hoo-ha when you it's like when you come in from work every day if you go and and roughhouse your dog and play around when you first come through the door you're actually teaching the dog um that um there was something to be missed in the first place we all have a very unique situation here which i'm not sure you're aware of all of us work from home Mm-hmm. So we're around our animals 24-7. Mm-hmm. So I almost think that that's even a, a bigger trauma for, mm-hmm. for our animals is when we do leave. And they were talking about their folks being 600 miles away. Mm-hmm. Mine are 100 feet away. So when we're not there, they go to grandma and grandpa. Right. right. So when they do actually have to be boarded, mm-hmm. it's they're with somebody 24-7 and now I don't know of any place I could leave my dog where someone's going to spend 24 hours a day with the dog. Right? Yeah. No, no. I think that's excellent advice because that's what we do. As soon as you see your pet, oh, my God, I love Start you. Start doing the high-pitch voices. Right. And, yeah. But maybe if you make it a more uh, calmer no, transition. Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I do, though. Whenever we pick our dogs up, I, I norm- no, I'll bend down and I say hello to them. But I don't, I'm not like, oh, my God. I'm so happy to see you. I'm like, hey, babies. You know, I pet them and whatever. But well, mainly because you don't want them to pee right at your feet. Well, she will. <laughs> but I mean, I know when we drop them off, they are ready to be there. They they run to that door. They want to get back there. They're ready to get in their little area because they stay together and they're allowed to run around with all the other dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our That's dogs love it. Our dogs love it too. But I think that that return is always 
still part of the trauma of it. That's something else we do. When we have two dogs, whenever they're kenneled, they stay in one mm-hmm. unit. So they're together. Mm-hmm. Which I think makes a big difference. Yeah. Because they're together all the time. Well, Corinne, you've given us an awful lot uh, of information that I think our our listeners are really going to enjoy. I can't thank you enough. Do you pet it? We could probably keep you busy. (laughs) (laughs) Probably give you a second full-time job. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming in and and sharing your expertise with us. And more information on her Friends of a Feather Foundation does a lot of really, really, really good work. Uh, rescuing animals, I can personally vouch for the credibility and the quality of what she does and the sincerity uh, of what she does. And I, you, you, you guys know me. I don't say things like that very often, but we've known Corinne for many years, and we know just how good she is. And it's very much, especially for animal lovers, this is, a, this is something to support. This is something to embrace. This is something to learn about and to know about. And uh, we can't, again, for all your work, um, with us and for all your rescue efforts and everything you do thank you so much and thank you very much for being here with us today well thank you very much for the invite all right our next segment this week we're going to talk a little bit about the uh ice exhibit going on at gaylord palms as i mentioned at the top of the show uh some of our team were uh, were out there yesterday over at the gaylord for a vip event that was to benefit give kids the world and uh, like I said, it was my first. It was my first time going over there for it, and uh, boy, it really got me in the holiday mood. It got me in that Christmas mood. I'm like, came home. I'm like, all right, maybe I should put my Christmas tree up at Thanksgiving. Every time we drive past Gaylord Palms, it immediately puts me in the Christmas mood. They well, do the, such a cool job on the outside and the inside. The the we walked through the hotel yesterday, and I said something that I I don't say very lightly. Um. I don't think there is another hotel in Orlando decorated, put together, presented as well as the Gaylord Palms is. Honestly, I just don't think there's another one out there. I agree. And especially for the holidays, it was just spectacular. Just not even not even just not even ice. Not even considering ice. Just walking through the lobby, walking through the Key West area. Oh, I loved that. The tropical Christmas. The tropical oh. Christmas. Yeah, the boat had lights on it. It was great. The the kind of uh this is it's amazing. And it's not just that it's great decorations, it is done so tastefully. It is done so tastefully all throughout the resort. The huge Christmas tree they have in that atrium and the they have these these lights stringing down from the ceiling that that look like the really icicles, long icicle lights, yeah. yeah. And uh, now the, the ice exhibit itself is actually over in the convention center. And as you're walking to the exhibit, you're passing uh, the Florida wreath collection, all these different wreaths that have been decorated from different organizations. Uh, some really beautiful ones, some really ugly ones. Odd. <laughs> some of them were odd. Um, but it's a real nice, it's a real nice ramp up. Well, first of all, even their convention area is beautiful. I was like, wow, this is gorgeous. Um, just a gorgeous hotel. Now, there are a couple of ways you can see ice. Um, and I will remind everybody that we do have a uh, financial relationship with the Gaylord Palms. And uh, that, yes, I'm going to shill for them big time here because they, uh, they, they're they helping us with the uh, 
our our Toy Story Mania party in December, um, and they are doing a special package called Just Chillin' Ice Package, rates at uh, starting at one thirty nine per night, uh, which include tickets uh, to go see Ice, and if for Disboard Dis and Disboards dot com visitors, we have an exclusive deal with them that nobody else has. For the price of a regular room, you're getting upgraded to an atrium view, uh, an atrium view room. So uh, we're going to have a link to that on the site. Absolutely check out uh, their prices. This is you, you're not going to find honestly. You're not just not going to find a hotel this gorgeous at this price anywhere. And I'll tell you what, that atrium view room you have, you know, your view is this entire decorated for Christmas atrium. The atrium is not like. A regular hotel lobby. Yeah. This no. is incredible. This is two acres. Yep. Two or four acres. I think it's four acres. And it's all under a glass dome. And, yeah, it's it's it, it's like being outside but inside. And it's incredibly well decorated. Um, now, if you just want to go check, I, check out ICE uh, without staying at the hotel, um, the price uh, online is uh, $16.99. For Monday through Thursday, or twenty one ninety nine on Friday, uh, Saturday, or Sunday, must be purchased at least twenty four hours in, in advance online to get those prices. If you're going to phone them in or buy them there, it's uh, nineteen ninety nine Monday through Thursday, twenty four ninety nine Friday through Sunday, and uh, there is uh, uh, for children ages four to twelve, it's nine ninety nine during the week, uh, as well it's actually nine ninety nine whether it's uh, during the week or on the weekends. Children under three are free. Although I don't know that I would recommend bringing infants into nine degree. They were in there though. Weather. I know it's kind of crazy. So it's uh, it's not expensive at all to go see this exhibit. Really, when you're talking twenty between seventeen and twenty two dollars, depending on when where you buy them. All right. So when you start out, you go into this room and they and they're telling you about you know the history of ice and. All this other stuff. It's a kind of a cutesy little movie that they show you. They have yeah. some of the tools that they use to, to carve out some of these mm-hmm. things Who on display. Who was the dude in the, oh, the blue spiky outfit with the oh, dude? Oh, yeah. What was that? What is his name? I forgot. He's he like Santa Claus in blue. But he's not Santa. He's like Father Christmas or something. Well, anyway, they, I mean, they tell you about how, you know, the, the history of it and kind of like how it was built and... Uh, what is it like? Fifty or sixty Chinese artisans mm-hmm. uh, come over every year to do this. It takes them about six weeks to put this together, which to me is just mind blowing that they're able to do all that work in six weeks. And what they're trying to do is actually just break up the the flow of the crowd, so that you know you're not stuck in like long lines waiting to go through this. So you, they send people through in groups. So you go from one room and watching a movie into another room where you watch another movie. And then uh, you get to select, you get, you get to get your, your, your parka, because you absolutely have to have a parka. If you can bring your own winter coat, bring your own winter coat, because I'm sorry, these things smelled. Those not things really? did not smell. Mine did. I didn't know. No, oh, yeah. Ke- Kevin and I didn't go. We weren't feeling well. And, and they're we not thought, attractive either. They're not we, the least bit attractive. And we thought nine degree temperatures probably weren't going to be good for our colds. <laughs> but we had planned to bring... A regular coat, not a really a winter coat. Do you think that would have been enough? No, no probably no. not. No, no. I had a leather jacket on underneath the parka. I had my coat on, my wool coat underneath the parka. I would bring gloves if you had them. 
we were going to bring gloves and we were going to bring a scarf, but just like... Your ears Glo- get Gloves, cold. scarf, a hat that covers your ears, especially if you're really sensitive to cold. You know, Teresa, you said you bought gloves at yes. the gift shop? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, How there was a gift shop they? there. Um, were they expensive? We bought two pair of gloves and a hat, and I think it was under 15. Oh, that's All not right. bad. Yeah, it that's wasn't bad. bad. It wasn't Pete, bad. do you know if there's any... Uh, were there larger sizes of Parkers? Or? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, there no, were big they, ones. They fit anybody. They had yeah. Parkers there that could have fit anybody. So um, they had I had to wear the same size as Corey to cover my belly. Oh. <laughs> well, that's, that was one of our fears was, you know, we were going to bring our own coats because I figured, you know. No. Well, they were, they were plenty big. She was just going to wear a sweater. Little, in that second room that you go in where they're showing the second little film to break you up, they have weird stick mannequins that show you each size <laughs> of the parka they're like please look at the parkas and identify which color you would be because they have like a colored band on the sleeve right so and we all look like meat packers yeah you know? so you look like you're getting ready to go in and uh, and carve meat <laughs> it really does and or like uh, blue oompa loompas we'll, we'll, we'll post it we'll post a picture that we took because what after you get your parka the first thing they do is they want to take a photo they want to take your picture of a picture of you in this parka and uh, then you actually you, you go into the exhibit, and I didn't count how many rooms, but it must have been seven or eight different rooms the that you went through. The first one was Winter Wonderland. Then there was a um, an ornament. The room. ornament room was new. Do I saw people licking the ornaments? <gasps> oh, no. That's what I, oh. I wanted to because they look like candy. <laughs> yeah, but they specifically <laughs> tell you not to do the that. Yeah, that's supposed to touch anything or lick anything. Yes, I did. I saw this teenage girl said, right in front touch, of us. Don't lick. The first thing, when she stepped into the room, her tongue came out, and she took a big lick up the side of this room. Right when you walk in, there's a touch wall, because everybody's going to want to touch the ice, but they created a wall for you to touch, so you can get Don't your, touch the exhibit. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, because that's, you know, it's ice, and it will melt, and it will degrade. Did anyone lick the ice and get stuck? No. <laughs> no. Too bad that girl that licked the ice didn't get stuck. That would have been funny. After the ornaments, wasn't that the Candyland room? Candyland, yeah. With a little house. Yeah, I like that. Then after that was the, I think, the Santa room. They were licking the display. And these are all, and now now these are all really Mm life-size. I mean, these are things you're walking through. These are not just like a little exhibit you pass by. You're walking over ice bridges, and you're walking through ice houses, and walking past these eight-foot-tall ice ornaments. Then you went into the room where the where Santa the ice Santa he was huge. Was I on sat on his lap. Did had you? to be <laughs> this thing had to be twenty feet twenty feet high, and you could sit on his lap and have and, and take your picture, uh, you know your own pictures. There wasn't a a, a Gaylord photographer there, and um, I mean just it, it was it was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. The never nativity room is absolutely. It feels like you're walking into a room filled with crystals. It was beautiful because there's not anything colored in there. Everything is colored in the other rooms, but in here it's all white and ice, and you have the giant angel. And, and it's a full oh, so life size ice, actually larger than life ice nativity. And it's um, clear, all ice. done in clear yeah. ice, yeah. but done with different color lighting, and the whole the, the story of the nativity is told uh, with some music. Uh, it kind of goes on a loop. And the lights change, and it's just—it's stunning. It's absolutely—it's absolutely stunning. They even have the shepherds. There's a huge angel. It's 13 feet tall. Yeah, it's massive. I like the angel. <laughs> and then, uh, then from there, didn't That's you? That's the slide room. After that, right? right you walk you in that in. little uh, looks like trees covered with ice. Yep. And then you go into the slide room with these massive ice slides that have uh, bigger Santa. than any other year too. You have Santa, mm-hmm. Santa, and all the reindeer. With Rudolph at the front, 
all made out of ice, and you have these ice slides that apparently no one could slide down because everyone was just kind oh, of... Oh, Walter was flying now. Oh, did did you fly down it? I actually went down it. Yeah. He did. He lifted... They, a lot of I guess people were not... Were they telling you to well. lift your feet up? Yeah. Because all I saw was your butt. I, went on, towards I just went on my back. Just the parka oh, okay. helps you slide. Your feet so will fun. stop you. It's not worth it. All By the time you get to that room... Okay, we're, walking, yeah. we're stepping all over each other here. Let them talk. Go ahead. Okay. The slide was not worth it. The long wait... And then you just go down this bumpy ice slide. Um, it just wasn't worth it. You're freezing by the time you get to the actually go down. So that's the one thing I would I would recommend not doing is the ice slide. Well, and that and the fact that you had to wait 20 minutes it for the line, least 20 minutes, yeah, and you're in nine degree weather. And I was like, okay, that's where it stopped being fun for me. That room was colder than the other. It time, was, right? wasn't it? I have a question. You guys have done it before. Yes. Was the line as long then as it was at this VIP event? Well, when we went, you were talking about the initial line to get into the event? No, no, the slide. Oh, by the time we got there, there, there weren't even, ex- I don't think we, they were accepting people in line anymore. There was a sign across the thing that said Santa's feeding his reindeer. No, people were still going down it. There were people up there, but people weren't going up oh. to get in line I was anymore. just curious if this event drew more people than, say, a regular night. Like, maybe it drew more people at one time, hmm. which, would why, which would be why the line was longer. I don't know. But it was it was just that part. That's where it stopped being enjoyable. Fortunately, that was the last thing on the uh, on the tour. Yeah, I don't think there was anything yeah, that after was the that. Last there room. was one room after that with the penguins and oh, right. Yeah. That was the goodbye room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the penguins and the Santa and the surfboard and yeah, all that stuff. I have a question. You talked about going over ice bridges and stuff. Is this handicapped accessible at all? Yes. Yeah. Yes, the whole thing is. Yeah, there's all ramps and stuff and. You're not actually walking on any ice. Any place where you walk is carpeting, is carpeted, and everything is ramped. There are no stairs. Uh, there's no stairs on any of the. I could, I didn't see I anything. I walked upstairs. Yeah, there's, yeah, I did too. There yeah, in that first. But room any where place the bears where are. there was any place where there were stairs, there was a ramp. Yeah, yeah. there was. That went like up. in the candy lane room. So yeah, I think it's fully handicap accessible, and uh, I yeah I wouldn't see any issue getting a wheelchair through there at all, um, and just. Overwhelming, how beautiful it was! I got to be honest; it's pure art through a sculpture gallery. And I can't. And and I'll tell you, really, it takes a lot to get me jump started for Christmas. Usually, when it starts getting closer, I'll start getting in the mood. I don't think I've ever been in the in in the Christmas mood in the middle of November. Yeah, you should see his face when we come around that corner into the gift shop with all the (laughs) decorations. But I was good. I was very, very good. I was very reserved. Yeah, but besides just the clear ice, I mean, there's a lot of colored ice. You got, I mean, you know, everything looks like candy. Everything's colored. It's like it's, popsicles. Yeah, it's that, gorgeous. How they make ice cream? I'm sorry. How they make the colored ice? Was it with lights or was it actually no? Coloring it's actually in the ice? color. It was frozen yeah, into they the dyed color. them. They dyed it. Wow. And it's yeah, all the way yes. through. At first, we thought maybe it was painted on there, yeah. but it's, no. you can see in some parts of it, like where there's an archway, you can see the red Solid all the way red. through. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, they're I, constantly redoing this. Um, they, they were saying that you know. Like every night, they'll go in and see if everything's the same. They'll recarve pieces and redo some pieces just to make sure every day that it's it looks as good as the yeah, day before. Yeah, they stay for the whole thing. Yeah. The artisans do. What are those those tube lights? You know, the Christmas lights that are in a tube. Like those little LED. Yeah, lights. They even use those. Like they'll up through like some of the columns and things. Mm-hmm. It's directly through the center. Yeah, like rope lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know when you think for twenty bucks, basically. 
I, I don't know where you could see something like this. How long did it take you to get through fr- uh, front to back? It's a good. I mean, you'll spend a good. If you're, if you're not waiting for the slide, I say you have to really. It's a good twenty minutes to a half hour. I say twenty minutes. Um, depending you- on how slow you go and how much time you take to um, go through and look at everything, um, I would say a good twenty minutes. Twenty minutes, half hour. Do you know if your your admission allows you to go back in the same night? Like you go through it once and then you're given something where you can get back. Good question. Or, I, don't know. I don't know. I would assume you can just keep going. I back would hope. Yeah. Yeah, I think for the day you buy it, you should be able to go back. You go back through, but I, I really don't I think know. A lot of people leave and go. Okay, that was enough. <laughs> that was cold. I think the kids would want to go back through. Yeah. I want to go back through it again. Yeah, I do too. I want to go back through it one more time. Stella's just to, ready to take the big slide. There's so much detail in there that there's no way your first pass you're really going to take everything in. I think you would almost have to go back through twice just to really see everything. I don't know if I could do it back to back because it took me an hour and a half to thaw out after uh, uh, after going through it. I'm my, my blood is just has gotten thin since I moved down here. I've been down here 10 years now, and I just can't handle that cold. It just goes right through me. But it was it was it was amazing. I, I give it I give it huge, huge marks, 18,000 square feet of space of nothing but ice sculptures and like ice sculptures like you've never seen before the kids loved it i mean oh, they did yeah had a good time kids were having a Amazed. good time because it's just yeah it's not something Stella kept saying this is not real ice this is not all mm-hmm. ice i said it is it is mm-hmm. and she's pointing out things this railing is not ice i said no <laughs> the railing is not ice get technical on me that's funny <laughs> I just looked at the photos just to see what our timing was, and we were in there for about 14 minutes. About 14 really? minutes, really? Yeah, from the start, from actually going into the ice uh, exhibit and then leaving. Oh, it's but we don't longer. have any children. <laughs> oh, we were longer because we were waiting on them to yeah. get on the slide. Yeah. And That's we didn't slide. And that had to add at least 10 or 15 minutes oh, to it. Oh, at least, yeah. It was longer. I think it was longer for them to go down the slide than it took for us to walk through the exhibit. Hmm. But uh, now they also do... Um, they also have, you know, coffee and cocoa and stuff for sale after uh, after you get out over at one of the uh, one of the little restaurants there in the atrium, and uh, they also do a, uh, a show every night called Luminescence, uh, Luminescence, a Christmas fantasy in the atrium. It's a live stage show with characters and seasonal music, and they also do, um, I guess, like dancing lights. Uh, every half hour from, I think it was about 6 o'clock mm-hmm. until 10 o'clock um, was on the schedule that they would do these dancing lights in the atrium to different Christmas songs. That's cool. And um, although you, uh, you, you you happen to catch one of the stage shows. Yes, we stayed a little bit longer. We walked around a little bit. Calvin had never been there before. And uh, we were looking at the alligators, and all of a sudden it got intensely loud in there. And we thought, that's live music. And so Grace led us around to where the stage was. And on stage was several people dressed in red holiday Santa-like wear up there just to get in it. So, was it yeah. the Boogie Woogie Christmas? No, it was more like... Because we saw the Boogie Woogie. I don't know. It was like... <laughs> more traditional Christmas love music? Love boat. <laughs> <laughs> like a bad lounge act? Yeah, that's, that's what it... it first affected me but it was it was good it got people moving i guess you said that was calvin's first time he must have yes. been in horticulture oh he was he was he was amazed he wanted to see, he wants to come back in the daylight teresa's husband is a master gardener 
and a landscape architect. So that was his first time at the Gaylord Palms. And as we said, you know, that atrium is several acres large and it's full of nothing but plants and flowers. He was impressed. Trees and alligators. We get the question, is it worth it? (laughs) Absolutely. Cool. Uh, No question about it. No question about it. 100%. It is worth taking a night out of your vacation to go over to Gaylord Palms. I even think it's worth renting a car if you have to. Definitely. And going over to Gaylord Palms. Um, I would much... I think it would be a lot cheaper and much more fun to do the package, the $139 oh, per night yeah. that gets you the room and two tickets to ice. Um, and I wh- think, didn't Todd tell us that uh, Mrs. Santa Claus will tuck you in during yeah. the holiday season? Tuck your children in, not you. Read <laughs> <laughs> you a bedtime story. Right. Yeah. Is this same, oh, really? Is this the same Mrs. Claus from the Polar Bear Club? <laughs> she gave me the bikini? <laughs> Traditional Mrs. Mrs. Claus. Claus will scare your children asleep. <laughs> Go to sleep now. Now, this 139 uh, rate, not all dates are available for this, just to let people know, subject to available. Starting at 139. Yeah. I'll correct myself there. Starting at 139. ICE is running from November 17th through January 4th, 2009. And uh, information, rates, and uh, pictures, and video will be available on our site. You can find links to this and everything we discussed in today's show on our show notes page podcast.wdwinfo.com and with that we are going to wrap up our show for this week we hope you enjoyed it and we will be back with you again next wednesday with another edition of the Diz unplugged thanks for listening everybody have a great week